All right, guys, today I get to talk to Kevin Hart, a former tax accountant turned insurance salesman, and then he realized that his life was so miserable, he wanted to go into real estate investing, real estate agency. Uh, so I'm so excited, to Kevin, to be able to talk to you because you've done over 100 transactions in the last four years. You're doing midterm rentals. You're doing a lot of really cool stuff. So I want to dive into basically the systems and the, the processes that you built to be able to do some significant volume. So if you'll take us into it, what, what have you put together in, a, in, a, in order to do 25 plus transactions a year? Yeah, Matt, appreciate you having me on. Uh, so I'm probably not the biggest process guy. You know, I don't have an engineer brain. For me, what's really just worked out the best was just having my hands in multiple streams of income. So instead of just being a flipper or just being a wholesaler, I kind of built up each end of that business one by one. So now, you know, I can have multiple flips going on, multiple wholesale deals going on, multiple realtor transactions going on and have, you know, burrs in place as well. So that's kind of helped me scale is by building each each leg one by one. So let's talk about what is the price point in that you generally are working in? So in Louisville, it's been pretty nice. So I haven't had to go out of state at all, which a lot of people can't say, you know, we're, we're pretty insulated here in Louisville from the crazy highs and the crazy lows that some of the coastal cities have seen. So really I'm still buying properties anywhere from, you know, 50 grand to 150 K kind of depending on the neighborhood and part of town. So it's been a really uh, affordable place to live and invest. Yeah. So, which is nice, right? Because I mean, when we're talking about prices not going crazy, markets, the market itself is probably pretty stable, right? Transactions are happening and... Yeah, it's it's been pretty stable there as well. Um, even on the realtor side with sales, you know, listings haven't slowed down whatsoever. Back in the fall, I think people were a little hesitant with the interest rates going up, but... Now with, with inventory still at record lows uh, and people scared to move now because they don't want to sell their house and lose their 3% interest rate, the demand is still there. So if you have a, if you have a really good flip, it's well done, you put it on the market, that's still sold within the first weekend usually. Yeah, that's fantastic. So all of these kind of revolve generally around finding clients, finding sellers. Like what lead generation processes are you using to keep this thing going? Yeah, so that, that's evolved for sure over the past four years. You know, I've, I've done everything. I've tried the cold calling. I've used VAs to do that. Uh, I just never have really had great success with cold calling. You know, I've done text blasting as well. And that worked for a little bit until I felt like they just kept getting blocked. So it kind of moved on from text blasting. Uh, and right now, our, our, my main marketing source for the wholesaling side of the business uh, is primarily Facebook ads. So I had a marketing company set me up some ads through the business app platform, you know, they kind of handle any algorithm changes, you know, optimization, all that good stuff, uh, things that I don't want to learn and, you know, never probably will understand. Um, and then from there, you know, I just get to control what the leads are coming in and call them. And that's been a really good organic platform for leads. Yeah. So if you don't mind, give us an idea of like how many leads do you have coming in a month? Like what's the spend? What's the ROI on, on that, that source? Uh, so I know I know a numbers background, but I'm not the biggest analytics guy. But yeah. I'm probably spending anywhere from two thousand to three thousand dollars a month on the Facebook ad spend, uh, and that all comes from clicking on the ad. And from there, you know, I'm getting probably three to four leads a week, and, and closing about two of those a month. So you know, I guess you can add those up in your head, and it's a pretty good return from there for only a yeah. two three thousand dollar ad spend. And previously in the past with cold calling. You know, text blasting and direct mail, I was easily spending four or five, $6,000 a month um, with less leads. 
Yeah. Which is really interesting because generally Facebook amongst most of the markets across the country is is viewed as something that generates leads that are way out from buying or selling, right? Nine months, 12 months. What have you seen as far as the time frame to the time you get the lead to the time that you do transaction? So I've had quick ones that were locked up same day they came in. Um, but just like any sales position, which is what wholesaling is, it's a sales job. You know, the, the follow up is, is how you're going to get it. So majority of them are probably taking a month or so to lock up, uh, if not longer. I know I just finally locked up a deal that came in six months ago. So just, uh, you know, every couple of weeks, touching base with them, seeing how it's going, seeing when they're ready. And then you finally catch them on the right day and they're ready to sign. So, and these are sellers that you're pursuing, right? Or is it buyers or a mix or? It's all, it's all sellers. So it's, yeah. You know, I have the, the typical, you know, we buy houses, ads, any condition, any situation, you know, standard stuff you see popping up on Facebook. And so these people typically actually do want to sell their house, which is nice compared to the cold calling where you're usually bothering people. These people are reaching out to you. They have an issue they want to solve. You know, sometimes it ends up being a retail lead. You can't do much about it. Um, occasionally, I can convert those on the realtor side and get a listing out of it. But for the most part, it is people that have you know, an inherited house or just a tired landlord, some other issue they need solved and they're reaching out. Yeah. So as far as like the system, so you got a bunch of leads coming in, like what, what systems are you using to manage all that data, manage the follow-up, manage the whole process? So it's, uh, it's me and a partner that do the wholesaling, but for the most part, neither one of us have any, any like true passion to like build some crazy big wholesaling company. You know, we've kept it. Uh, I've been solo for a while and, you know, just had a partner added on last year. So really it's a, we use our carrot website and that's where all the Facebook ads is directed to. And they kind of have a built-in CRM that we can use for those Facebook leads. And otherwise I'm pretty old school. It goes from there uh, back to Excel, we just kind of work it by hand. And that's one of the reasons I stick to just Facebook because the lead flow, you know, it's quality leads coming in, but it's not like this crazy mass amount of leads that over get overwhelming. You know, it's just the two, three a week. You can handle that. Pop in uh, the Excel or to the CRM and Carrot. You know, call the ones we need to call, and then we can go on about our day and do everything else. So it's been a pretty easy, easy system. So that's really interesting. So I mean, if you're if you're getting two or three a week, that's eight to ten, maybe ten to twelve a month, something like that. And they're spending two to three thousand a month, right? So these leads are like two to three hundred dollars a lead, more yeah. or less. Is that fair to say? Yeah, probably pretty fair. Yeah. So, which is really interesting because I know a lot of people who have gone down the Facebook road for sellers that are, you know, disappointed, so to speak, they're, they're trying to get seller leads for 10 bucks, but you're doing it at, at $200 um, and still making really good profits off of it. So that's, that's really exciting to think about because um, those, those lead costs maybe are more in line with other services that provide good leads. So, but your, your ad campaigns are centered around like we buy houses. Do they do a lot of retargeting or is it general just the first wave of ads um they do some retargeting um they'll go in after a month or two and that's kind of where i hired them to do the optimization so they yeah. see which ads are working which ads aren't and they'll kind of retarget from there um you can typically tell when they go in every couple months and do the optimization you'll see like an influx ad or an influx of leads pretty quickly then they'll slow down again and, and then we, they kind of go and re-optimize but it's been a pretty consistent process yeah that's amazing so two to three leads a week, and I can see why that's manageable um, because basically, obviously, I mean, if you're taking about across a whole year, 
you're talking about 100 to 150 leads across the whole year. So that's definitely doable for follow-up. So you brought on a partner. Just kind of curious, what was like, how, how did that work out? Was that like, you just saw this guy and you're like, this guy's so amazing. I got to have him as part of my business. Or was it like a, a, a need you found yourself having and you went out and hunted somebody? A little, little bit of both. Um, you know, because like I said, I have four different kind of streams of income in my business. So I'm kind of all over the place. And it was getting to the point where I did need a little help with the follow up, kind of with running the numbers. Who's much more analytical than I am? I'm kind of big picture. Let's just go and do it and buy. He's more, you know, checking those RIs and cost per lead, like you're asking. Um, so I ended up selling him the sub two deal that I had found a couple of years ago. And from that, we ended up grabbing lunch, just kind of chatting, hitting it off, and found out he was a Pace Morbius sub two guy and had done a lot of creative creative financing deals. And that's kind of where we clicked of like, I didn't really know a lot about creative. I'd done the one sub two deal, but that was kind of, I got it to work out. He kind of walked me through it to be able to buy it. So it's been a good partnership where a lot of leads that I was throwing in the trash or that other people didn't think they could close, you know, he's kind of bringing in the, I don't know, maybe we'll do sub two, maybe we'll do seller financing, maybe we'll just take over payments in one method or another. And it's kind of worked out where we can close more um, just because he brought that knowledge base out of my head. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between 5 and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then it, it kind of grows slowly or, or was it how fast did it move into a partnership? It was pretty slow. Both of us had burnt, been burned by partners in the past. So we kind of laid it on the table like, you know, we're going to have this handshake agreement. We're going to work leads together. Um, you know, if one of us feels we need to put a JV agreement in place on a, on a deal, so be it. But for the most part, it's been a handshake agreement. Still have our separate LLCs. And, you know, if we close a, close a deal in my LLC, I kind of just pay him out as a W-9. Excuse me. Is that where I was a 1099 contractor and vice versa? So we've kind of yeah. kept it a pretty relaxed partnership, which I think both of us are really comfortable with. So, you know, if anything changes, one of us can follow up and be like, hey, I'm, I'm just done with wholesaling. I'm moving on to something else. And you know, we stay friends and move on. There's no messy yeah. partnership breakup. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really, really nice um, when, the, when it's structured that way. So you mentioned wanting to stay small, essentially wanting to, to build more of a, maybe would it be fair to say a lifestyle business? Like yeah. where do you see this thing going from here? 
so the whole the whole goal of this was to you know have the freedom to spend time with my family and kids you know not be stuck under a boss not stuck in an office so i've been down that road and it was miserable every time and then you know the long-term goal is to get my wife out of work or at least go part-time i don't know if she necessarily wants to be stuck at home with kids all day every day so but at least give her the option to not work if she doesn't want to yeah and so we're, we're on that path uh, we're getting closer you know every every six months we kind of reassess where we're at and, and really that's why we keep it small just because i don't want to have to walk away from some big company excuse me i've been fighting a cold all week yeah but yeah so we we've kind of kept it small so that we can you know, keep the lifestyle we want without having to deal with employees without having to deal with all the headache of, of being an hr rep to everyone um, and we can yeah. kind of quit doing any of these business activities at any point in time. Um, but that's why we've kept it small the way it is and, and we've enjoyed it so far. Talk to me about your portfolio, midterm rentals, et cetera. Like doing 100 transactions uh, in four years, I'm sure you've amassed some portfolio and a little bit of wealth. Talk to me, what does a portfolio look like today? And, and how, how is that? What's the plan for that? Yeah, that's growing. Um, right now, I've been acquiring single family rentals or condos to use as midterm rentals. And I really didn't start holding on to properties until you know, two years ago. Because if you're you know, familiar with, with self-employed tax returns, it was kind of hard the first couple of years to get you know, loans in place and actual holds. So those first two years was, was mainly flipping and wholesaling. And then once I got those tax returns in place, we started doing, we started doing a lot more burrs, holding on to these rentals. And so right now, we're past Two and a half years, we've grown up to about 15 rentals. About half of those are the midterm rentals, mainly condos, which the condos tend to work out really well for the midterm rentals because they're pretty low cost. And then the rest, just keep acquiring single family rentals until one day I can sell them off and go buy an apartment complex. There you go. Yeah. So, and, and obviously it's all local. It's all in your area, probably relatively easy to manage, so to speak. Um, and so like... What's that transition point for you? Like, is it when you could buy a 50 unit, a hundred unit? Like how, how big of a, you know, single family portfolio do you want before transitioning into the multifamily? Really? It's mainly uh, trying to acquire as much as possible before interest rates kind of level back out. Yeah. Cause I feel like once, you know, it could be two years from now and I end up with 25, 30 properties, interest rates are back around four or 5%, hopefully fingers crossed. And that's where I can go put it on the market and there'll be a, just a much bigger buyer pool of people already buy a portfolio as opposed to right now where, you know, people buying something that big are typically cash buyers and, and they've slowed down a little bit. Yeah. So there's really no set goal. It's more of just single family is what is prevalent right now and what's available. So I'm just not going to sit on the sidelines and wait for multifamily to pop up. I'm going to keep buying a good deal every time I see it. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, so the big play is continue to grow the portfolio, obviously invest in seller leads, use those to keep continuing to buy. Once interest rates level out, go and get the big apartment complex. What happens there? Do you write off in the sunset or what happens after the, the big apartment complex? Yeah. So hopefully that means my wife is going to part-time or, or stay at home mom at that point. Um, but really what mainly I'm just probably going to stop wholesaling, slow down on the flipping, kind of focus on just being a realtor. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever just stop and retire and ride off in the sunset. Um, definitely way too ADD for that. But, yeah. you know, some of the things I don't enjoy as much, um, which I don't love flipping. That's why I'd probably slow down on flipping. 
I just like the payouts uh, and wholesaling too. You know, wholesaling is really good paycheck, but again, that's a job, it's a sales job. And I don't necessarily want a sales job. So just keep being a realtor, helping clients, you know, start in real estate, find their first investment properties or, or the next one. I really do enjoy that, helping people get going. So it's kind of a little more coaching than being a, a purely a sales agent. So I do enjoy yeah. that. So hopefully we get to the point where we're living off passive income. Um, and then I'm just being a realtor full time and we're living off that income as well. Yeah. Awesome, man. Um, what do you see? Like, do you see the partnership that you have? Do you see that growing anymore? I know you said you like to keep it really loose, but do you guys see yourself taking more roles in that or, or just kind of keeping it as it is? Probably keeping it as it is for now. We, we both do just have, you know, very different interests in kind of where we want to end up in our career. So right now it just really works out and that's loose. So if one day one of us wakes up and we're ready to be done, they can be done. Yeah. Um, but we do have kind of a new partnership growing a little bit just because we just created a website to help wholesalers market their deals. So we are actually forming a separate LLC just for that website platform that we, we're going to jointly own. Um, yeah. And what that is, is in Kentucky, they just passed a law where wholesalers or unlicensed wholesalers can't advertise their deals to the masses. You can only individually market. So if you're licensed, someone like me who, who's in the investor space, we kind of come up with the idea of let's just build a website um, so that wholesalers can submit their deals to us. We mass market it for them, and then they just pay us a small fee at closing. We brought them a buyer. So that's kind of what we've we expanded the wholesaling business to help them as well. And, and so we've grown our partnership a little bit through that website. Awesome. So when you're ready to start transitioning out, do you see yourself adding a partner or two loose partnerships to take over the flipping and wholesaling so you can continue to get those revenue streams? Or do you see yourself just kind of dissolving that, that side of the business? The wholesaling business, probably maybe bring on someone or bring another partner to keep that running um, to where I don't have to do anything. Flipping, honestly, you know, the day I'm sick of flipping, I may walk away from it and never flip again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dealing with contractors sense. all the time can be a headache. Oh, yeah. I, I hear you on that loud and clear. Um, so very, very cool, man. I think this, one of the things I love about what you're saying is kind of the simplicity of the thing. Like you've obviously been very conscientious about lifestyle design um, and, and didn't get caught up in the, I've got to have a million units and, and all those things, which is really cool to see. Um, what have been some of the challenges that you faced in growing this business? Uh, really just being solo can be tough with time commitments. Yeah. You know, I, I've been really bad over the pat in the past of staring at my phone all day, even when I'm with the kids or with the wife and just kind of learning to shut it off has been tough because when you're solo, you know, your phone never stops, your email never stops. And you kind of just have to learn that it'll, it'll still be there in the morning. You know, this is yeah. family time. So that, that's been a big obstacle I've kind of had to learn how to deal with and not let work get in the way. Um, but other early on, it was really just capital, raising capital to keep deals going. You know, to be able to scale, if I'm using my own money, you know, that was maybe one, two deals at a time, you know, over time just through networking and meeting other investors, and kind of building myself as a legitimate flipper, wholesaler, you know, I've been able to meet those connections, uh, private money, you know, hard money lenders to where I can, I can have five, six, seven deals going at a time. You know, not too stressed about it. Yeah. And I know you kind of mentioned it a little bit about what your, your future goals are, but what would be your goals next 12, 18 months specifically? Really keep acquiring rentals. You know, I'd, I'd love to get up to about 25 or so rentals here in the next 12 months. 
I really need to start cranking out some of these birds and find some more good deals to hold. Um, but that, that's the big thing is growing the rentals. Had a pretty big tax bill this past year, which wasn't fun. Uh, so even, even my CPA was telling me I need to, need to buy some more <laughs> rentals to hold on to. So that, that's kind of the big goal is, you know, I think once we get to that 25, 30 unit mark, you know, that will be pretty close to the passive income we need for my wife to go, you know, part-time. So that's kind of the big goal right now. Yeah. Amazing. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on, sharing about your life and your business and the systems. Um, I think the loose partnership model is something that I've done a few times and really, really enjoy where you're not giving up your whole business or somebody else's whole business, but you're just kind of connecting on a certain point uh, for a specific purpose can be really valuable as either a means of testing something out or, or even that might be the permanent arrangement. So, but guys, you, you, those of you listening might have taken away something different. Write down something you learned from today. Share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time. You take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Dude, really Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 